When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Kyle Kelly live on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. We are back. We took a couple of weeks off um, for travel and the holidays and whatnot, but we are back live, 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 live. Hope everyone is doing well. We were in the Thursday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time slots during the football season. Um just kind of made the most sense because of Friday travel and whatnot. But with the off season here, we are back to Friday afternoons. Um, so, uh, yeah, Kyle, you doing well, my friend? Yeah. Besides uh, my bad hair day, I think I'm doing okay. You know, I'm just uh, <laughs> following this Alabama coaching search. And yeah, dude. I know we have a day coming up. So, yeah. Uh, it's never a dull moment in uh, college football. You thought the uh, January literally dead period, transfer portals wrapped up, bowl games are finished, no more college football would be a little bit relaxed. No. So far, so good, but I know uh, those Alabama fans are going nuts down in Tuscaloosa. I think like seven years ago, the Denbrock to Notre Dame news as offensive coordinator would be like top 10 most interesting news of the offseason cycle in 2023 2024 is it in the top 100 or, or top 50 seriously like this is absolutely bonkers like oh jared parker becomes troy head coach and notre dame steals denbrock away from brian kelly and lsu that storyline is crazy and it's like does it crack the top 50 um, so it is, uh, it is nuts these days. So, um, that is, um, that's just kind of college football right now. And, uh, certainly tracking the, um, the Alabama search, like you said, um, Marcus Freeman's name was, you know, kind of thrown around there for a second, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I think that that is, uh, not going to happen. I think we should be okay there. Uh, but yeah, folks. Hit the thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube, live with us, watching back, whatever it might be. Um, it's just a simple click of that button, um, and it helps support our channel and reach more Notre Dame fans. Of course, subscribe to the channel if you are new here, and if you're listening via podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a, a nice review, only if you like the show. Um, and yeah, that would be great. So Notre Dame signed currently a top 10 class in the 2024 cycle. They may add one more player in Kevin Humes from Baltimore. Um, but otherwise, 2024 class is done. Do they take another guy from the portal? Um, remains to be seen. Um, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll kind of see like you know, head coaching changes at different spots. Like there's a domino effect that's going to happen with Saban leaving. You know, um, you, will Alabama guys enter the portal? Um, if, if they do hire the Washington coach, the Washington then Washington has a head coaching search. So these things can create a domino effect. Like Kyle said, the portal closes, but doesn't really ever close. I mean, now Alabama players can leave. You know, they have a 30-day window to enter the portal. Um, so, again, it's very much kind of to be determined there. Um, but for today's show... We are focusing on 2025 recruiting. So I always like to say, if you tune into this recruiting show, you're a junkie. Like you love Notre Dame football and, and recruiting. 
So we are going to dive into the 2025 class for the Irish and kind of talk about where it stands, who you need to know. Um, so this is something for not only, you know, the diehards, but we, we kind of want to get in touch with, you know, if you're new following recruiting or if you're just starting to follow this 2025 class. So here is the group so far. Um, it is, uh, yep, like Joey says here, please uh, please hit the thumbs up on the video. Good to see you, Joey. Um, yeah, so Notre Dame currently has 13 commitments, which we can start right there, Kyle. That is a lot of commitments for being 11 months until signing day. I mean, I'm guessing around Notre Dame was probably at like eight or something this time last year for the 24 class. 13 is a bunch. Yeah, four more than uh, any other school. Oklahoma trailing uh, second Notre Dame there. Yeah, so 13 is a good bit. And the class is led by Deuce Knight, who is outstanding. Um, currently ranks as the number 37 overall player and the number four quarterback. Uh, according to the on three industry ranking. Um, and I'm going to pop up video that I took of him um, back when I was able to see him in um, October. Yeah, Kyle, you, you as high on uh, this young man as I am. I mean, the, the, the ceiling for this kid is, is truly enormous. I think after watching uh, what Michael Penix has done in Washington last season, especially, this last year, there's a lot of excitement uh, with Deuce Nine. I know I I can't remember if Deuce has told you in the past. I feel like he put this out on social media that he kind of like models his game after Penix. He follows him a little bit, being like a left-handed quarterback. And I think Deuce Knight can be Notre Dame's Michael Penix in the future. And I'll never forget. Um, I think Deuce Knight's birthday might be in December. Um, it was pretty recently, and Marcus Freeman uh, did him that happy birthday video, which I believe Deuce tweeted out. And uh, it was a picture of, you know, Marcus and Deuce walking in the uh, Irish Athletic Center where the uh, Notre Dame team practices. And I remember Marcus saying that, you know, our this is our first picture together, and I hope, like, our last one will be at the Heisman Trophy ceremony when you're going to win the Heisman. So, Let's just say Notre Dame has some pretty high expectations for Deuce Knight. Penix was a Heisman finalist, and I think that Notre Dame found a quarterback that thinks is capable of being in New York uh, as a Heisman Trophy guy uh, one day. What I love about Notre Dame's back-to-back -back quarterback gets here are that CJ and Deuce Knight are like polar opposites of, of players. Like, CJ is your very polished, high-floor quarterback, right? Like, CJ's going to be a solid college quarterback. Who You know, these days, who knows if, like, who is actually going to play at what school, right? Because you can leave in a, in a heartbeat and maybe get three transfers or something without having to sit out a year. But I think we all agree CJ's going to be really good in college. And then you have Deuce, who has, I would say, a pretty freaking high ceiling, higher ceiling than CJ, a lower floor than CJ, wildly athletic, pretty raw. The the wildly athletic thing, Kyle, I don't, I don't know if you got to watch my uh, my Wednesday show with Tim where we brought on Ethan Long. We And uh, Tim asked Ethan, who's the best basketball player in the class? And uh, Ethan's a really good basketball player, but he's like, yeah, it's probably Deuce. So that, that's telling you something. Guys are always confident in themselves, but he was like, yeah, it's Deuce. like Deuce is fantastic athlete. Again, basketball. Um, it is really impressive. Uh, Deuce Knight just overall as an athlete. So I think it's perfect to have these two guys back to back where they are totally different quarterbacks. Um, like, listen, I get it. Quarterbacks throw the ball and they're going to run a little bit, but just kind of stylistically um, the athletic traits, the polish and whatnot, they are different. And I think that's really good for Notre Dame to have in back-to-back -back classes. So, um, I mean, this this touchdown rush right here um, for folks who watch on YouTube, I mean, broke a tackle, 
two, three, four, like, and, and trucks the guy to, to end it. Um, so yeah, lo love Deuce Knight. Great young man committed to Notre Dame over all, like all the big SEC schools. If I, if I recall correctly, he had Bama. Um, I don't know if LSU ended up offering him, um, but I mean, Tennessee, Ole Miss, um, some of the finalists there. So that uh, was a really nice get for the fighting Irish um, landing Deuce Knight. Um, Irish yeah, had a really – sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if I may, I would like to uh, promote the story that I ran last night on Blue and Gold. I talked to uh, Deuce Knight's former high school teammate at National Lipscomb Academy, Caleb Beasley, who's a Notre Dame uh, 24 cornerback target that ended up signing with Tennessee. Uh, Deuce played his first two years of high school football in uh, Mississippi at George County. Uh, transferred to Nashville Lipsum Academy for about a month, played there, was homesick, ended up going back home uh, to finish the remainder of his junior year, which is where your film came from. But uh, I got to see Caleb Beasley down at uh, the Under Armour All-American game in Orlando. I had talked to him a little bit about Deuce Knight, and uh, Caleb gave me some great insight into the uh, type of guy Deuce Knight is on and off the field, and I ran that story for our uh, premium subscribers over at Blue and Gold last night. And I know our YouTube folks can, uh, if they're not subscribed, get a uh, two months for a buck over at Blue and Gold. So feel free to hop on over to Blue and Gold. Uh, never hurts to uh, do a little bit of a plug. Um, Mike and I just aren't uh, YouTube guys or podcast hosts. We do a lot of writing over there. So yep. hope you want to check that story out. Yep. Check it out, blueandgold.com. Use promo code UND, $1, two months. Um, defensive back, we're just going to kind of hop all over the place as, as we on YouTube look at the, the commit list. Defensive back's in a really good spot. Ivan Taylor, we saw him at cornerback at Irish Invasion. He's committed to Notre Dame as a safety. He can really do anything. Um, so Ivan Taylor, number 72 overall player, the son of Ike Taylor. I mean, yeah, you you love those bloodlines. The NFL bloodlines with Notre Dame recruiting these days um, has been very, very good. Cree Thomas, from the same high school as Ben Morrison, and he kind of plays similarly to Ben Morrison as well, had a strong junior season. Uh, we're very high on uh, on Ben Morrison. And then Notre Dame's most recent 2025 commit is Ethan Long, who has a similar play style to a guy named Kyle Hamilton. So that's great. Notre Dame safety recruiting, they've gotten a lot of guys who are kind of like that strong safety, um, you know, physical, really good tackler. Not as much in the Xavier Watts, like middle of the field safety. Like that's Ethan Long at, at 6'2", 185. And he's listed at 6'2", but, you know, talking to Tim Hyde, talking to Tom Lemming, like these guys are like, he looks 6'4", just like with his length, his body type. Um, so really good um, defensive back class. And we're just talking about the commits for Notre Dame right now. We're going to talk about the targets later in the show, like who Notre Dame has on the board and, and some names to know. But Kyle, you got to be pretty pleased right now with uh, this DB class. No, I certainly am. I, it was so exciting for me to see the pickup that they got last month with Ivan Taylor, because I know we've talked on the show so many times before Notre Dame just doesn't get guys like that out of Florida, at least the public schools down there. And I talked to Ivan Taylor's coach. Um, I think it was yesterday. One of very many phone calls I had um, that story will be out. Um, I actually might have a few stories out from that conversation. One of them being uh, this weekend on blue and gold, but uh, Ivan was just a perfect fit for Notre Dame and on the field. He's an excellent player. I like how he translates um, so maybe that nickel corner position, like a slot guy who's kind of like a, even a hybrid safety a little bit, just cause Ivan fits that mold, um, with the guys that Notre Dame has had at that slot corner position. When you think about, uh, Tariq Bracey and then, uh, Thomas Harper and now Jordan Hall, who they have in the mix this year from Arizona state, all those guys are under six foot, right around five foot, 10, five foot 11. That's exactly where Ivan Taylor is. And one thing about those nickel guys is usually really good football players that are, uh, you know, can diagnose the play, very involved in the run game with them being a little bit closer line scrimmage. Um, and I think Ivan Taylor just fits that with his football in instincts. And with Ethan Long, I know you mentioned his length, and this is a part of what I talked about in my five thoughts. 
that I ran on blue and gold after Ethan Long committed, you know, it's really tough to compare guys to Kyle Hamilton. I mean, Kyle Hamilton was just a first team all America selection or sorry, first team all pro selection. It's just a second year player in the NFL today. Um, and obviously Hamilton had an outstanding career uh, at, at Notre Dame, but there are a little bit of similarities just uh, with the length between uh, Long and Hamilton. Trying to love this. Yeah, right here. So um, despite being two inches shorter than Hamilton, Long he has 32 and a quarter inch. Um, that's his arm length. Kyle Hamilton has 33-inch um, arms, so pretty comparable there. Hamilton does have um, a few inches longer of a wingspan, but Ethan Long has about a six-and-a-half-foot wingspan. So he's a guy that is a uh, – he's a uh, a ball hawk sort of safety, um, you know, who can play that, that center field, like you said, like Xavier Watts' position, can also um, play like a strong safety role as well. So – I, I am really excited about the defense backhaul that Notre Dame has because I don't think we've seen one like this since probably Kyle Hamilton, I think, back in, yeah. like, 2019. Yeah, it's crazy how, like, when I started covering Notre Dame, defensive back recruiting was just not it. Like, that was – and that was not – not a strength of the team. Like, if you were – I remember, like, reading Lou Samoji articles, rest in peace of the goat – he would like rank the position groups from best to worst and corner was usually last. Um, and now it's, it's been a strength of the team with, with guys like Cam Hart, Ben Morrison. And then you're seeing, um, you know, your Jaden Mickey, your, your Christian gray, like it, it's continuing to look strong in the future as well. So very exciting. Um, and then continuing with this, uh, you know, with this class, um, Kyle, to kind of go through this quickly. Um, you know, a couple running backs committed in uh, Justin Thurman from Tampa Jesuit, a four-star prospect per the on-three industry ranking, and then uh, Daniel Anderson from Bryant, Arkansas. Notre Dame got both of those guys committed. Um, but, I mean, uh, Thurman was in August, and then uh, Anderson a couple hours before the Ohio State game. Um, no receivers committed yet. You got a tight end in James Flanagan, um, who Kyle has seen uh, 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 at least once, maybe twice in person. Um you know, son of, of Jim Flanagan, a former Notre Dame defensive lineman, and um, one offensive lineman committed, Will Black um, from Connecticut, uh, picked the Fighting Irish in December. The comparison the, of play style with him and, and kind of the build is everything and, and everything like that. How about Joe Alt? That's what my Notre Dame sources are saying. Like, um, he, they kind of remind, um, Black reminds them of Joe Alt. And looking at the high school film, so that's obviously very exciting. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, on the D line, Irish pretty loaded there. Chris Burgess leading that group, nation's 130 overall player, number nine edge. So he's someone. I think Kyle and I were talking about this on the phone the other day. It was like when you talk about defensive linemen, there's always like, here's where you might come in. Here's where we think you're going to end up, right? Because you you add on weight and strength when you get to college, so. Burgess might look like a, a you know a viper right now potentially, but probably see him sliding to the five tech when that's all said and done. Kind of same CJ May. Which one is he um, between Viper and, and playing the strong side end spot? He's currently 6'4", 225. CJ May picked the Irish over a lot of SEC schools. Uh, another four star prospect there, uh, Joseph Reef from Illinois, um, probably a five tech three tech hybrid. Um, you know, Notre Dame got him committed uh, a day after the Ohio State game, and then you got that true nose and Davion Dixon from Miami Palmetto, currently a three-star commit, uh, and he was Notre Dame's first pledge of the class, picking the Irish back in April of 2023. So, yeah, it's a it, it is a solid class. Uh, I I forgot to mention the linebacker Dominic Kulak, um, who's we were told the money position. Um, which is kind of what uh, Maris Leifau played this year. So pass rusher, you know, drops, kind of just like a true outside linebacker kind of deal. So, yeah, Kyle, any uh, any quick feedback before we uh, hear from Augie's locker room? This is what I, I was going to say when you uh, started talking about running back, and then I realized that it's actually kind of been a theme of the whole class. What I really liked about the two running back commits that Notre Dame got is both those guys worked out um, – with Dylan McCullough in person, 
at uh, different Notre Dame camps last June. So Dylan McCullough, highly esteemed running back coach, has success everywhere he's been. I think um, based off the production in Notre Dame's running backs last two years, he's earned every right um, to pick his guys. And I know both those guys are maybe not the most highly rated guys in the class, but Dylan saw both those guys um, work out with them in person at Notre Dame last summer. And that's been a theme of this class. A lot of these guys, in fact, the majority of the class, I think, has camped at Notre Dame. Joe Reef, he camped at Notre Dame, earned an offer, committed. Christopher Burgess, he camped at Notre Dame for the Ivan Irish. Taylor. Ivan Taylor. Um, have, yep. So all those guys, um, in-person evaluations from the Notre Dame staff, not only like in-person evaluation, but also on their home turf where yeah. they can work them out how, how they see fit. So yeah, that's, a good point. that's the most exciting thing for me is Notre Dame. Not only do they like these guys, that they got a really good evaluation on them and probably feel pretty confident in that, knowing that they uh, push for these guys to end up in the class. So I think there's a, uh, a reason to be really excited about the start Notre Dame has in 2025. Yeah. Now, when I was at the All-American Bowl and, and was with this two scouting guys at, at On3 and Charles Power and Cody Belair, um, and whenever twenty the class of 2025 would come up, they would basically tell me, like, Mike, I mean, we are so far. Like, like we, we have not been, like, doing a whole lot of focus on the 2025 class. That's going to be, I think, in February in a couple weeks from now on that they dive back into the junior film because like they're so much more focused on 2024 and, and, and making sure that they get that, that class ranked exactly where they want. So they basically like, look where those guys are ranked right now. It's really not that important. Like we'll, we're going to dive into that soon when the 2024 class wraps up. So with that in mind, is there anyone on the commit list that just stands out to you, Kyle? That's like, He's ranked here right now, um, and I, I I can pull up the industry comparison. Um, or he's ranked here by on three right now, but I really think he's going to shoot up in the rankings. Um, you know when on three gets to uh, to reevaluate, and I'll, I'll add before you go, Kyle. I never like to tell people, "Hey, this guy is going to move up in the rankings," because you just don't know. Um, this is a very subjective business, folks. Like, <laughs> I might think something that Kyle doesn't. Nick Saban. Well, I can't use Saban anymore. Um, you know, Marcus Freeman might really like a kid, but you know, Ryan Day doesn't, or vice versa. Like, this is this. It's very subjective. So, but with that in mind, is there anyone on the commit list that you're like, man, I, I think he's going to move up? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, two guys and uh, the two of the three most Notre Dame commits, Will Black and Ethan Long. For me, both guys from Connecticut. Will Black's originally from, I think, Ontario, London, yeah. Ontario. Um, he boards in, in Connecticut. And actually, Ethan Long, he somewhat boards at uh, Brunswick School. He actually lives with Notre Dame 25 offensive tackle target, Maddie Augustine, during the school year. So Ethan Long's not living with his family. He's, uh, well, you know, he does in the summer and offseason breaks and everything like that. But during the school year, he's living with Augustine. But anyway, I think both those guys, I mean, definitely higher than what they're ranked right now. I, I looked at, you know, watch Will Black's film. I like his film better than August, uh, Maddie Augustine. I saw Owen Strebing in person. I think Will Black's film was very comparable to that. And first thing I wrote my five thoughts on Monday when Ethan Long committed, and I said, I know what the rankings say now, but I expect him to shoot up the board. And I was glad to hear, uh, you know, that, very well-renowned uh, recruiting analyst, Tom Lemming, who's done this for probably six decades by now. He thinks Ethan Long's a high four-star, potential five-star. Yeah. So that made me feel better about my evaluation of Long. Yeah, that's the one for me that stands out the most is Ethan Long. Like, stock up. Stock up for sure. Um, all right. 
so that is let me just see if there's anything else i wanted to talk about with the um okay so we're gonna go to burgess and then our mike versus kyle arguments not really an argument article discussion uh we're gonna go to discussion. that first, yeah discussion we're gonna hear from uh augie's locker room um definitely one of our cool sponsors that we have um here at blue and gold so folks when you are in town um, or if you're a local in South Bend, you really need to make time for Augie's locker room, especially um, since he has moved to a brand new location. Um, the store is located at 1733 North Ironwood Drive in South Bend, it's right down the street from Notre Dame. Um, so yeah, folks, whether it's you're not getting back to town until the football season, or if you're if you're coming for a basketball game or whatever it is, um, go check out Augie's locker room. Uh, they have a wide selection of Notre Dame Stadium uh, pieces. You got jerseys, helmets, autographs, one of a kind rocking the items. Augie's always getting new stuff in his store. Um, so if it's been a year or two since you've been, um, you got to go back to see what he's got. Um, they have exclusive Joe Montana signed items, famous sculptor Jerry McKenna's replicas of the bronze statues around the stadium. And if Augie doesn't have something in store that you want, he can go find it for you. You guys have heard the story about Mike Goolsby. You know, there's a missing jersey that he wanted. Augie found it in 20 minutes. Uh, this, I'm seriously, guys, this, he's amazing. Um, so check out Augie'sLockerRoom.com for the online store and give Augie a call, 574-277-6363. Again, brand new store location, 1733 North Ironwood Drive in South Bend, Augie'sLockerRoom.com. All right, folks. Uh, so Chris Burgess, when I was talking to you, Kyle, about the um, the show today, you brought up the my Justin Scott comparison. I don't really remember what that meant. Um, so, yeah, what what were you thinking here on on Chris Burgess? We want to talk about. Yeah, I'll let you kind of lead the conversation here because I remember you were kind of we were just bouncing ideas off each other more or less yeah, yeah. when we were, um, you know, discussing Chris Burgess's potential commitment destination. And I remember you said this kind of uh, felt a lot like the uh, Justin Scott recruitment uh, about a year ago uh, where Justin was making a decision. It was going to be Notre Dame. That was the decision privately that was going to be made public. And that never happened. So just kind of yeah. want. Yeah. 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 Okay. I know, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. So the Scott one last year was like, he set the commitment date for January, whatever it was. But usually when these kids set commitment dates, they know where they're going. And the Scott one felt rushed to me. So it was no surprise when he pushed it back. Like, if he was going to stick with that commitment date, it probably would have been Notre Dame. But would he have signed with the Fighting Irish? Probably not. So the only thing that was like similar was that Burgess sets a January commitment date, doesn't know where he's going. And you would agree with me, Kyle. It did feel like he kind of decided earlier than we all anticipated. Now, did he rush it? I don't know. But I do feel like Burgess committing to Notre Dame has a much more likelihood of sticking with him actually signing with the Irish this winter than Scott, because I think Burgess really does genuinely love Notre Dame. Um, whereas Scott, I don't think did. It's, it's a weird thing. I've said this a bunch of times on Justin Scott, like he almost committed to Notre Dame, but I don't think he really loved Notre Dame. I don't follow the visits. He visited Notre Dame, what, twice in a year and a half or something like that, whereas Burgess has been um, to South Bend, um, you know, six times, including three times last year alone. So I uh, I feel uh, I feel pretty good about um, Burgess sticking with the Irish. Um, yeah, so that, that was it. I just thought it was, there was similar comparisons there with Chicago, defensive linemen, January commitment locking in the commitment date without knowing where they're going to go yet. Um, but I, I, I kind of think for the recruiting aspects that kind of, that's where the, the comparison ends. Yeah. I, I feel like I should be kind of fair here because like, I, I think I introduced this topic. Like I majorly disagreed with you, like no way. But I remember when we talked, I was like, you're right. This does feel a lot like the Justin Scott recruitment because 
the te- same teams were in the battle. Um, and yeah. I, would, I would just say that I, I do think Chris Burgess made a little bit too quick of a decision. But even like though – based on what the vibes were in his recruitment. That's all, what you mean by that? Yeah, a lot of moving parts. Um, you know, I, I know he had a tough time narrowing down his – I think he had about 30 power five offers. He had a really hard time narrowing it down to 10 schools. And I think the thing with Burgess is he, he wanted to go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame was his number one school, but I think he just kind of similar to Scott last year when he didn't make his commitment. He just wants to see visit, see other schools. But I think the the major difference for me with Burgess and Scott, and I know you kind of already brought this up, if you want to bring up uh, Burgess's profile real quick and just jump to the visit section and expand that, Chris Burgess has visited colleges since before his freshman season. I mean, I think he has about 30 visits, unofficial visits, yeah, to multiple schools. And all his top ones he's been to multiple times. Not He's not only camped his top schools, but he's also – attended a major recruiting event in the offseason, and he's attended a game day. So Chris Burgess has seen everything he needs to yeah. make a decision. And let me be clear, this was 100% an Ohio State versus Notre Dame battle. This is Notre Dame-Ohio State for months. Michigan was in there as another team that's made the decision difficult at various points of his recruitment. Michigan also made a really late push that also had Burgess kind of rethinking things. But Notre Dame, I felt like this, and this is just based on what I know, Notre Dame's it's been the number one school for him as a while, for a while. Yeah. And the last thing I want to mention is, you know, about a possible flip to Ohio State, because I think that's what a lot of Notre Dame fans are going to be concerned about is Burgess, much like Scott, possibly ending up with the Buckeyes. Of course, Justin Scott ended up flipping from Ohio State, signing with Miami. I'll put this out here right now. I know um, Burgess had LSU and his um, LSU and Alabama's finalists. He's never going to those schools. Chris Burgess is staying in the Midwest, unlike Scott, who was like, you know, had this portrayal of being a mama's boy and playing close to home was going to be important. Obviously, it was not as important as what we thought. That's not the case with Burgess. Burgess is going to end up playing his college football in the Midwest. I do believe it's going to be at Notre Dame. But my final point is the reason I'm not as worried with Ohio State is because they're a defensive line board. They already have one commit who they picked up um, earlier this week, a a guy that Notre Dame offered, um, and Zaheer Mathis from Philadelphia. He's an elite recruit uh, from from the mid-Atlantic area, top 55 guy. He's a defensive lineman. And then – uh, Ohio State's also tracking really well for an edge rusher that also visited Notre Dame, um, who's an in-state guy in Ohio, Justin Hill from Cincinnati, Wenton Woods. I'd like him to a- end up at Ohio State eventually. And uh, I was texting uh, with Matt Parker, our, our guy from Letterman Row that does an outstanding job covering Ohio State recruiting, and he mentioned another guy to me that he thought I should keep tabs on, and that is Cedric Works. He's from the Clayton, Ohio, Northmont High School, um, Clayton area, Northmont High School. He's an on 300 guy, top 20 edge rusher in the class, a high four-star guy that a lot of power five schools are starting to get involved. Um, Ohio State hasn't offered yet. He he brought the name up to me as Notre Dame possibly offering. I said, I don't think Notre Dame's going to go after this kid. They got four D-line commits, and they have their priority target remaining in uh, Damian Shanklin. but. Anyway, I'm not too worried about um, Burgess uh, flipping Ohio State just because of the position that the Buckeyes are in for multiple D linemen, and I think Notre Dame is also in a, a pretty great position where they stand as well. Okay. And then the last thing I want to touch on was the um, the, the our, our Mike versus Kyle kind of as as we get into – actually, we're going to save that. We're going to save that one for when we talk about the targets. Um, the next thing I, I did want to get into was the uh, the, the class rankings – because I saw a tweet from um, after I think it was long committed from Pete Sampson tweeted out, oh, 24-7, Notre Dame is the number one class rivals. Notre Dame is the number one class. And on three was, let's see, 
what are they six right now in the 2025 class and everyone's like on three these rankings suck all right so this is the reason i wrote an article about this kind of dunking on that it, listen how many times guys does notre dame have the number one class early on every cycle right yeah almost always every freaking cycle i've been covering notre dame I remember writing in the 2021 class, 2022, 2023, 2024. Why? Why does Notre Dame always have the number one class according to rivals in 24-7 early on? Because they have the most commits. Every year, Jay Meeks, it, every single year, it's like Notre Dame, number one recruiting class. And it's like, it's really cool according to those sites. But the problem is Notre Dame never finishes with the number one class. So, I've been calling those rankings early on. It's a popularity contest. Rival, I don't intricately know the 24-7, how they do their team rankings, but I worked at Rivals for nine years. And it's point, it's a point system. Up to it, it takes your top 20 commitments, and there's a point system. If you're a 5.5, it's 60. 5.6, it's 75. You know, whatever it is. 5.7 is 90. I, I don't remember. Something like that. That's what it is. It's a popularity contest. You have the most. I remember one class, Texas Tech was number one for a while. And it's like they had 20 commits when everyone else had like three or something. It, it was ridiculous. Texas Tech's not even in the top 25 when it's all said and done. So on three does, it's an average, right? So they currently are taking your top three commits because that is the average number of commits per power five school. How many power fives are there? 50 or something? Notre Dame has 12, Oklahoma has nine, Ohio State has six, maybe, you know, uh, Baylor has two, and then Clemson has four. They add all of them up and average it out. So the average number of commits for Power 5 school is three, right? So this ranking just takes your top three commits, and that's how it is. And Notre Dame sitting there at six, right? Which, could Notre Dame finish this cycle six? That makes a lot more sense, right? Like the the way this top 10 is right now, it's not perfect. I mean, it's really difficult to accurately rank 11 months in advance, but this makes a lot more sense to me, right, folks, than the popularity contest. Like it tries to say, based on how good the players are right now, this is what it could be like in, in, in December. Like this, this makes more sense to me. LSU, Ohio State, Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Notre Dame, Auburn, Clemson, Oklahoma, Michigan. That seems much more likely to me than Notre Dame finishing with the number one class because it's not going to happen. I mean, Notre Dame has way too many three-star guys already for, I mean, it's five three-stars uh, according to the on-three industry ranking right now. I mean, that's a ton. I mean, it's it's hard to to sign a, t a number one class when, you know, what, 30, 40% of your class is three-stars. It's just not going to happen. So, that is why the the ranking is what it is, and uh, Mason Plummer can say L. Um, they, I mean, this, this, you know, just you just need a reality check that Notre Dame's not going to sign the number one class in the country, um, and that's why I think the on three industry ranking is is by far the best because it's much more accurate at this point of the cycle, right? Like to compare it to what it, it could be at the end of the year. Notre Dame's not going to sign the normal class. I'm sorry. But if there was a year that Notre Dame could sign a top five class, I think this year could be the one just because there's okay. a lot of parity in college football with Nick Saban leaving Alabama. I think we expect Alabama to naturally take a step back, no matter who the head coach is there. Um, you know, Georgia's just turned into an absolute monster on the recruiting trail. Like, the guys they recruit, I saw these guys down in Orlando. I mean, they're just different. I mean, those guys yeah. are unbelievable. But I, I think with – and the most important point being is – and this is kind of why I thought Notre Dame could finish with a top five, top three class in uh, 2023 was because that's when they were trying to land a five-star quarterback, Dante Moore. And if you me, um, the show, I, I always – accidentally talk about Deuce Knight as a five-star because I, I he's not one yet, but I do think he'll end up in that conversation. I think having a five-star quarterback carries a lot of weight, not, obviously not only in the rankings, but also um, 
with the type of guys Notre Dame can bring in. So I think if there was a year where we talk about Notre Dame ending up top five recruiting class, I feel like this is going to be the one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so we're going to dive into some of the targets um, for the Irish in the 2025 class. But first, we're going to hear uh, from our sponsors over at My Perfect Franchise. So as always, folks, I'm going to ask you a few questions. And they are, are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Um, are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? If you're answering yes, Andy Ludicky can help you out. He's a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Using Andy's expertise, he helps others find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. So call Andy, put your life and career in your own hands, and best of all, folks, his services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Give Andy Ludicky a call, 404-973-9901, myperfectfranchise.net. Um, so that Mike versus Kyle article, it was the biggest positional need or something like that, right? Do you remember what the headline was, Kyle? Yeah, just basically the sense of name is so far along in the 25 class, just kind of what we think is the uh, top remaining positional need. Yeah, which it's kind of just just media fodder. I mean, they're all important. Uh, but you took receiver um, partly because it's a very important, important position in modern football, and they don't have a commit yet at the, at the spot, so it made sense. Yeah, they have a quarterback, and the guy has no one to throw it to yet. But that's why we're 11 months out from signing day. And the biggest thing I wrote about being my concern is just the current state of the Notre Dame wide receiver room. It's in a much better position than it was um, a month and a half ago uh, where Notre Dame had a mass exodus. But they replaced all those guys with guys that are already are going to be leaving after this season, Jay Harrison. Chris Mitchell um, and Bo Collins. Collins. Yeah, all the guys that had transfer in, they're playing on their last year of college eligibility. And then, like, Jaden Thomas and Deion Colsey, like, last year probably. I mean, how much longer are those guys, you guys from Georgia, going to hang around South Bend? I, I feel like that was the case with um, uh, the, the guy a couple years ago, Austin, like Kevin Austin, uh, that ended up, you know, leaving Notre Dame a year early to go to the NFL. I'm not saying that Austin's a similar now or mindset to Thomas and Colsey, but still my point being is there's going to be a lot of turnover in that room after the season. And, you know, I know that year Notre Dame is probably going to be chasing wide receivers in the transfer portal because there's always a lot of them in there. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, wide receiver turnover um, the last few cycles in the portal. But still, I think Notre Dame's, you know, one thing they focus on, and this is something Mark Freeman has said publicly so many times, is they're going to build their team, the, the heart and soul of their team, through the, the high school runs, which is kind of interesting because I feel like the uh, the heart of the team has really been transfers lately, especially this cycle when you think about the key positions uh, on Notre Dame's team, Riley Leonard and you know defensive lineman R.J. Oban, who's going to replace Javante John-Baptiste and Baptiste was arguably like the MVP on this Notre Dame team, at least from a transfer edition standpoint. But just kind of summarize my point. I think Notre Dame, they need some wide receivers, and they've they got a lot of offers out there. There's a lot of guys that have been to campus that are wide receiver targets. Some new guys are on the board. They just offered another wide receiver yesterday who his father played with uh, Ike Taylor, the the son or uh, the father of Notre Dame. Um, Safety commit Ivan Taylor. So there are a lot of options on the receiver board, and I, I just think right now it's the most important need in the class. Yeah, I, I went with the offensive line just because I think the opportunity for Notre Dame to sign a crazy good offensive line class is right ahead of them. They've got Will Black committed, um, and then you guys got – and then they got guys like Jack Lang on the board um, from Missouri um, who's an outstanding offensive tackle. You have um, Owen Streberg from Wisconsin, who we've uh, believe has been trending to the Irish for quite a while, and, and and like Notre Dame in that recruitment. You have Matty Augustine. Those three guys we just talked about are all that. Well, Augustine is the maybe, but you got Langs visiting for January twentieth and Streberg 
Will Black, I believe, is going to be there on January 20th as well. So huge, 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 huge Junior Day recruiting weekend. Next Friday, our show will be previewing that for sure. Um, so that's going to be an easy one for us to play. We're going to preview that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I just think that if they do a three-man offensive tackle class or offensive line class, really, and you get three of those four guys and you already have one on the board and Will Black and then you got Lang, Augustine, Strebig, uh, I just think you have a, 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 the opportunity to sign an outstanding um, an outstanding, outstanding group. So um, we're going to transition into talking about the targets. Um, so at, so you have your quarterback locked in and Deuce Knight, two running backs committed, James Simon. I report about him at blueandgold.com in um, a Lucky Charms article last night. Simon has said that Notre Dame's recruiting him the hardest. He's an LSU lean according to the RPM at on three, but keep an eye on James Simon. I don't really know exactly what the Irish are planning to do. Would they really take three running backs in the class? I'm not sure what that looks like, but Notre Dame is very much in the mix for James Simon. Keep an eye on him. And I really think he's the, the only other running back to know at this time. Now receiver is, is it's wide open. You got, Jamie French, the five-star Notre Dame, would love to flip him from Alabama, probably a long shot. Quincy Porter from Bergen Catholic, haven't really heard a ton about him recently, um, but uh, you know he he's spoken highly about Notre Dame in the past and visited last spring. Talon Taylor, uh, a local guy, I mean, I, I think he'd be a great get for the Irish. Um, recruitment still kind of seems in its early stages. You have Dalen McCutcheon visiting for junior day. Um, Derek Meadows, I like Notre Dame to land him from Las Vegas. Uh, Cooper Perry, not really sure where that recruitment stands. I logged a prediction for him to land in Notre Dame last spring. Don't really feel great about that. Um, shoot, I mean, Kobe Howard, I think Notre Dame would have a really good shot with him. Um, not really sure where he stands on their board, but something he's definitely one to monitor. Uh, Raiden Vines Bright. Uh, who just transferred from uh, his school in Arizona down to IMG. Kyle and I are, are healing, re- hearing really good things about where the Irish are at with him. You got Jerome Bettis Jr. Um, of course, the uh, the Irish legacy, his father being Jerome Bettis Sr. Love where Notre Dame stands out with him. He'll be visiting next weekend. And then the newest offer is Elijah Burris um, from DePaul Catholic in New Jersey. Um, I got to interview him yesterday, and I'm planning to write that article at Blue and Gold today. Um, and uh, yeah, his father is Plexico Burris. So um, it, was, it was actually a really cool. Burris was when I was interviewing, I asked him, Hey, how, what, what do you know about Notre Dame? And he said, you know, I, I, I've been watching the program for a while. And he said, like, I grew up watching Chase Claypool. And I'm like, man, that, forget how young these kids are. And I was like, well, I grew up watching your dad. And he, he, he got a kick out of that. Um, you know, watching, watching Plex with the, uh, with the Giants was a lot of fun. So yeah, it's a wide open receiver board, but I mean, I, I think the biggest names to know right now, if I had to pick three, would be Bettis, uh, Vines, Bright, and then uh, Derek Meadows right now. What about Dalen McCutcheon, who's coming for that junior day event? If you, again, if you made me pick three, that's the three, but McCutcheon, if you made me pick four, then he'd be in there. Yeah, I mean, the, I wrote about this in my uh, Notre Dame 3-2-1 column. On blue and gold on Thursday, these junior day events have a lot of success. I remember last year, the uh, the word out of Notre Dame was they thought they were going to land every guy that was on campus. Yeah. I, I predictions were flying off the board for all those guys to end up at Notre Dame, and it, it usually ends up historically where about half the guys on campus are end up in Notre Dame's class. That was the case last year. I think they had six targets on campus: Styles Prescott, Tay Johnson. And uh, somebody else ended up all committing to Notre Dame later down the road. So I think about half the guys this time around are going to be uh, on a commit watch. And usually sometime in the spring is when those commitments happen. They're usually not right away. So I'll be interested to see because you don't really get guys from uh, Lucas Lovejoy, Texas very often. It's kind of ironic because last year McCutcheon's teammate, Peyton Pierce visited Notre Dame that weekend, and we all thought he, Pierce was going to Notre Dame. It was like basically all said and done. And then James Laurinaitis went to Ohio State, and that kind of um, 
wrap things up there because Lauren and I is offering him at Ohio State and uh, Pierce is a Buckeye now. So I'm excited to see what happens the the turnout next weekend because I I think it like it's it's crazy because with 13 commits, I mean this class is already halfway done and a little bit more. And as you were kind of just already running down the offer sheet, Notre Dame's got their targets. They got their guys. They brought them to campus on multiple occasions, and that'll also be the case next weekend. So I, I, I'm mostly excited, as you were starting to say, about uh, it, what ends up at the wide receiver uh, position because I think that's the one where just multiple different things could happen. Tight end, um, Notre Dame offered Lincoln Cure back in the fall, but I know there's a prediction from Atlantic Kansas State that would certainly make sense. Notre Dame had Nate Roberts committed. Uh, he decommitted after a month. Uh, and then I, I really think it's just going to be James Flanagan. I think they're going to probably just end up with him in the in the 2025 class for tight ends, um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I think that's kind of to be determined. We talked about the offensive tackles. I think really the three names to know are are Stree Big Lang and Augustine. Um, in, in addition to Will Black, who who's committed to the Fighting Irish, um, and then yeah, defensive line with them having four commits already. Um, I I really think the name. I mean, well, again, this is also to be determined. But I think the biggest name to know right now is this Damian Shanklin um, from uh, from Warren Central in, in Indianapolis. He's um, been to Notre Dame a handful of times, what, twice in October and then in December as well. And I, he's coming to ju- Junior Day, January 20th, Kyle. Yep, that, that'll mark four visits in four months for him. Yeah, so I think the Irish are in a good spot there. Um, I know he grew up really liking Ohio State, but I, I think that the Fighting Irish um, lead there. And, you know, Buckeyes haven't offered yet. And as Kyle talked about earlier on their defensive line board, they have a bunch of guys um, that they're in, in the mix for. So right now, um, I think that, I mean, as I scroll, you guys see there's a bunch of names there, but I, I do think that uh, Damon Chinklin is, is the top one to know um, at this point in time. Moving to the linebackers, this is kind of like receiver where it's a wide open board. Um, you know, Nasir White, I don't think is, is from, from modern day. I don't think he's visited campus yet, but. I mean, he's definitely on the wish list, as is uh, Noah McHale from um, from Southern California, considered USC lean. Notre Dame loves him. You got uh, Jeremiah Wusu, Coromosa's younger. It is br- br- they're brothers, right? Yes, uh, Nathan, brother. yeah, Nathaniel Wusu Botang. Um, he's one of the nation's best players. Uh, he's down at IMG Academy currently. Um, I mean, again, folks, there, there's a bunch of guys um, to know. I mean, Christian Jones, Gavin Nix for sure. Anthony Saka, I actually, I think Notre Dame leads for him. Brett Clatterbaugh. Uh, I, I, again, guys, you have one committed in Dom Hulak, but, uh, and, uh, and Ko Kia. Uh, I logged a prediction for him, and you did as well um, in the past week, and he's visiting campus today. Um, and I, I think the Irish are, are, are in a good spot for Kahanu Kia's younger brother. So, um, you know, if you get Ko Kia and Dominic Kuyulak, maybe they go up to four linebackers. We'll kind of see. But what what are your thoughts on the linebacker board right now? One name you did not mention that I will be monitoring to see how this plays out is Madden Faramo from uh, California, SoCal. Uh, this is a very intriguing recruitment because – Madden is he very much keeps to himself. He does not show his cards. Um, it's a very private recruitment. I talked to his coach yesterday. Um, his coach shared the the exact same sentiment. But kind of the feeling I'm getting behind this one is it's another Notre Dame, USC, and Ohio State battle. Okay. Similar to Sounds another right. Southern yeah. California linebacker from last cycle, Kingston Villamuasa. I know you know Kingston really well and Kingston's a very soft-spoken guy, a little bit forthcoming about his recruitment. But that's one that I'll be interested to see because um, I know Ohio State absolutely loves Fermo. Um, he is probably their number one guy on the board. They're making a massive push for him. But I know Notre Dame is trying to stay involved there. They're hoping for Amo for a visit last summer. So, don't know, man. This could be another Kingston-Villiamuasa recruitment. Um, 
Brain was a very, very faith-driven person as well. So that's a name that doesn't get talked about a lot just because of how uh, guarded his recruitment is. But I'm just putting that out there now that that's a name that um, Notre Dame fans should continue to familiarize themselves with. Okay. And then wrapping up on the defensive backboard, uh, Trey McNutt from uh, Shaker Heights, Ohio, um, wrote an article about him this week. I think I think we would agree Kyle Ohio State probably leads for him, but Notre Dame's right there, and he visited campus a few times. Dallas Golden, I think Notre Dame leads for him currently. I mean, Devin Williams from Georgia is visiting next weekend. Mark Zachary is visiting Notre Dame next weekend um, from uh, Indy Ben Davis. Um, and this is in addition to having Cree Thomas committed at corner. And those are, those are the big names to know on the board. There's, there's a bunch of guys, but um, it's really Dallas golden from Tampa Berkeley prep. Um, you got Trey McNutt, probably a long shot for the Irish, but um, considering most people believe he's going to end up Ohio state, but we'll see. And then you got Dallas Golden from Florida. I like the Irish there currently haven't logged a pick, but don't be surprised if that goes in. He's visiting for January 20th as well. There's just so many guys visiting. It's hard to keep them all straight. Um, and remember, so yeah, I mean, all right, Golden, Devin Williams, Mark Zachary, there's three of your four top cornerback targets, and they're all visiting um, the, the next weekend. So Irish are in a pretty good spot in corner recruiting. And this is uh, similar to defensive line where Ohio State's actually helping Notre Dame out here because they just landed a five-star cornerback commitment, Devin Sanchez from Texas. They're getting another um, – they're trending toward another five-star commitment. And Dorian Brew, who was actually supposed to end up in Notre Dame about a year ago, uh, he was kind of on commit watch after an outstanding junior day visit. He lived in Ohio. He moved um, down to Texas to play with his father, uh, who's an assistant coach, I believe, at um, the school he currently attends. Uh, he signed a commitment day. He's trending toward Ohio State, and Ohio State already has – um, a third cornerback who's their like sly in the class, Blake Woodby um, from St. Francis Academy. And I, I was also texting with Matt Parker, and he said that Ohio State is, you know, they would actually take Trey McNutt as a safety. So I wonder if Notre Dame can take advantage there. If McNutt wants to play corner and Notre Dame continues to target him at corner. Um, but the other uh, the fallout here is Mark Zachary that I, Ohio State loves and Notre Dame loves as well. But I don't know if there's a position for Mark Zachary in that, you know, a spot for him. And if you're Mark Zachary, why do you want to go to a, a place where there's already three top 100 guys and two of them being five stars when you can come be the guy at Notre Dame? And I know he loves Notre Dame, too. So, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it's, you don't you all you don't want to, like, praise it as Notre Dame is getting like Ohio State's like leftovers. But because all these guys are they're really, really talented guys. But. Um, the way Ohio State is recruiting on defense, this cycle is starting to help Notre Dame. And then wrapping up with the safety board again, Notre Dame has commitments from Ivan Taylor and Ethan Long. And, you know, I, I really think it's it's Jadon Blair is the, the guy to know moving forward um, that Notre Dame loves and has had on campus, um, I, I believe, a couple times before. And it was it's for the Ohio State game last year. But I think the Irish are in a really good spot there, um, you know, Notre Dame sources seem to to be pretty optimistic. I know Penn State's a big player in that recruitment, um, but yeah, Jadon Blair. Uh, he told me last night I was texting with him. He had a few visit dates um, scheduled. I think it was like South Carolina and Penn State or something, but um, not Notre Dame in January. But would anticipate you know for like a March weekend or spring game that he'll probably get back to campus. And then just scrolling this athlete list, no one's really jumping to the top of my mind to to discuss. Um, so yeah, that kind of wraps up the rundown of the class. Again, we, we didn't talk about every single name, but I think that kind of breaks down the the top ones to know um, at this point. So like Kyle talked about it, it's thirteen commits. It's a little over half full. Notre Dame's been taken, you know, in that twenty two to twenty four range of high school guys. And then go into that like six to eight or nine range in the transfer portal, you know, about 30 guys that they're bringing in per, you know, transfer portal plus high school recruiting group. So, um, yeah, 31 right now for the 2024 group of 23 high school guys. It is 23, right? 23? 23 yeah. And the last two songs. 
Yeah, and then eight right now in the portal, and it could be, you know, maybe if they're able to get uh, Kevin Humes, that could be 24. Uh, and then, again, maybe they are able to get someone else from the transfer portal. I think that's kind of to be determined. My guess is no, but, again, don't really know at this point. So many moving parts in college football. So I think it's a really exciting time to be a Notre Dame football fan. If that on three industry ranking spot of 10 holds for the Fighting Irish, where they're at um, in the 2024 class, again, ranked number 10, that's be back to back to back top 10 classes. And then if Notre Dame's able to do that again in 2025, sign another top 10 class, that's something Notre Dame's never done, um, signing four straight top 10 classes in the uh, you know, the internet era of, of rankings. And that's per the on three industry ranking, which on three obviously wasn't around since, you know, before 2021 and that was the first cycle that on three ranked um, but the industry ranking still takes you know the rivals and 24 7 and espn rankings um f- for that formula so um yeah 06 to 08 notre dame signed three straight top 10 classes but uh, that's the only time they've ever done that again in the internet recruiting era if you can you know dig up some uh you know newspapers from you know, when Notre Dame did that in the Lou Holtz era, I would love to see it. But again, we're just talking about the internet era here. So again, recruiting for the Fighting Irish in a really good spot. And uh, our YouTube channel here is in a really good spot as well. Just hit 25,000 subscribers recently. Absolutely love it. Thank you guys for your support. Um, so that is going to wrap up today's show. Hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our channel for more content. If you're like, Mike, don't end the show. Don't end the show. Listen. I posted a video of Tyler Horka yesterday that you can watch. Go rewatch, or if you haven't watched yet, the Wednesday show with Tim Hyde. Um, that was really good reacting to the Nick Saban news um, and uh, some more Notre Dame football discussions. And that Ethan Long interview was fantastic. Um, so like Jeremy says here, like and subscribe, folks. Really appreciate you uh, for tuning in. And as always, we will catch you next time.